Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto of the Metropolitan Riveters Public Relations Team. How are you today? I hope you're having a fantastic Monday. Today, we have a huge one to talk about. The Flames torched the Blackhawks 5-1 to in front of their own fans. And Johnny is riding this high of a multi-point game streak and... You know, we have plenty of positive things to talk about today on Locked on Flames, so tune in. You're Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and I hope you're having a good night. Uh, this episode's going up a little bit later than I had intended, but, you know, we got to talk about this big win. Five unanswered goals from the Calgary Flames. <laughs> the first period was not great by any means. Um, I thought that it was just sloppy. They were outplayed by a team that uh, deserves no respect. Honestly, like, it's the whole organization, let's be honest. But it just looked like lazy hockey. It didn't really look like the Flames were giving it their best effort. And I am so glad that they turned it around in that second period because I was getting worried. Uh, heading into it, the Flames were being outshot, like, 12 to 6. And then they had tied it up at 17 by, like, the 11-minute mark. And... Kachuk and Lewis had scored. Um, <laughs> it just looked so good. Uh, Elias Lindholm scored a goal. And Trevor Lewis's goal came from Blake Coleman. And that play was a gorgeous pass. Like, literally, why you signed Blake Coleman and why you pay Blake Coleman. And, of course, Oliver Shillington had uh, his fourth of the season. And, Johnny Gaudreau, signed, sealed, delivered, makes a 5-1 to one on an empty netter. And uh, you just, you love to see it, you know. They were playing against their backup goalie who uh, started due to Marc-Andre Fleury being <laughs> in COVID protocol for a while. And then he was just removed from protocol yesterday. So they wanted to give him a nice day off and... Uh, you know, let him rest a little bit. And, you know, I think overall the the Flames looked good. They had a very strong 40-minute hockey game. And I just, I wasn't impressed with how that first frame went. And even Trevor Lewis went out there and said, you know, that we did not have a strong, we didn't start strong. And uh, they t- they turned it around and they knew And I think that's what's impressive about this team compared to last year is there is that accountability. There is action behind those words. And we've talked about that so much on this show. And one thing that did impress me, though, was their special teams. And their special teams are among, like, the best in the league. So we shouldn't be surprised when they do something (laughs) fantastic. But, uh... You know, they had a power play goal when Dubé was boarded by Kirby Doc, 
and um, thank God he was okay. He has a history of concussions. You know, you just want to oh, just ugh, it gives me the shivers. But uh, you know, you worry about things like that. And then they had a shorthanded goal, like right after. And I just, you know, you you love to see it. I just think that this team is such a great cohesive unit and they they looked great from top to bottom you know we had some depth scoring you had your defensemen scoring and uh up and down they really did look great and you know why things have worked for this team it's because they're seeing consistency they are not changing the lines after wins Daryl Sutter is you know making minimal tweaks to the lineup and that's what you need to do in a situation like this because it's not fair <laughs> um, to keep changing and tweaking and trying to get something to work when you only give it a very small time to work. And Sutter understands that. And there is a method to his madness. And, you know, yes, I scoffed when I saw Lucic on that second line, but you know what? He's on pace for 22 goals, and James Neal is now in the AHL, so I think the Flames can say that they have finally, finally won the trade. But, uh, you know, consistency is a huge thing that this team has struggled with, and it was something that I craved for them, and I can only imagine how much they craved it for themselves, and it's just really nice to see them finally have it, and not only is it consistency with the lines, it's consistency with goaltending. It is consistency with it's consistency in their performances. And it's really nice to see. And it's just a giant sigh of relief when it comes to this team. And coming up next, we are going to talk more about uh, Johnny Gaudreau. You know, I, I could talk about the kid for hours on end if you let me, but you know, we're just going to talk about some singing praise that Sutter had for him today. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. Are you someone who has a sweet tooth but is trying their best <laughs> to eat healthier? Well, Built Bar is the solution to your problems. Built Bar is a delicious tasting protein bar that tastes like a candy bar but has all the nutrients that you need to get you through your day. Built Bar is offering you 15% off at built.com when you use promo code LOCKED15. So that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% uh, off of your order at built.com. You can get orange, you can get uh, chocolate cake, you can get brownies. There's always some good coconut flavors in there. So head on over to built.com today and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your order. Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Flames, uh, wherever you're listening or watching if you're on YouTube. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you're having a great day. And, <laughs> you know, no one is having a good of a year. Well, I guess last six months as Johnny Gaudreau, you know, gets married, uh, gets to see his family a lot because they're, you know, playing back on the East Coast. So he's getting to see his family in Philly and Jersey and Boston. It's always a good time. And, you know, there's, of course, that narrative around him saying, 
oh, Johnny wants to go home. And while there might be truth to that narrative, I don't think it's as strong of a narrative as it has become. But <laughs> seven points in three games, including three goals for Mr. Gaudreau and 82 points in 85 games. This this kid is so talented. It is unbelievable. And <laughs> he he's played in 536 games and he has like 530 points. So that's a large enough sample size for you to know that he is the real deal. It is an absolute shame that he will not be playing for Team USA in the Olympics uh, next month in Beijing. But, you know, I guess the league is taking things into their own hands there. And that's a whole other podcast conversation. But uh, Daryl Sutter has had <laughs> plenty to say about Johnny, especially last season when he came in to take over. And he had a lot to say about Johnny's 500th game and I just I remember being so mortified when I saw his comments if you don't remember Daryl Sutter basically said uh because Johnny didn't he he didn't have a good game and uh unfortunately uh, you know it was just a tough game for him like like most of last season was when you're playing with a guy with a fractured hip on your line centering you and Sutter was like oh well he certainly didn't play like it was a good game or something like that like just really negative (laughs) and he had much higher praise today said Johnny is one of the best 200 foot players in the league right now and that's saying a lot about him and just the way he's approached the season and he's really consistent and really buying in terms of the whole package, in terms of how we want to play. Your top players have to emulate how you want to play. And that, to me, (laughs) as someone who grew up watching Bill Belichick um, in press conferences, that's, you know, very similar to Bill Belichick, like, smiling or really elaborating. (laughs) So for Daryl Sutter to come out and really compliment a player that he's been hard on in the past I think that shows where this team is at and where Johnny is at compared to last year. And when you have a team that's healthy and (laughs) I don't know, it's just, it's really important to me to remind everyone that (laughs) Johnny Gaudreau is in fact uh, still Johnny hockey and he it's fantastic. You know, you, I love watching him play. I think that he is an absolute fireball on that top line. I think him being moved permanently <laughs> from removed from Sean Monahan's wing has really helped his game. And uh, that's really not a dig at Monahan. I just think that last season was kind of the breaking point in terms of getting Gaudreau and Monish, uh, you know, Johnny and Monty keeping them together just was not going to work. And Kachuk and Lindholm really complete him as a player. I think that, you know, Lindholm has helped elevate his game. I think that having Kachuk on his line has helped him, you know, increase those playmaking skills. And he just, he looks so good defensively as well. And, 
you know, you really have to watch next game against the Panthers. You need to go out and watch, like, just don't watch just when he has the puck on his stick, okay? Watch when he's down in, uh, you know, in, in front of Markstrom and trying to take the puck away <laughs> from the Panthers, and you'll you'll see it. You You will. And I just, I don't think there's any other way to slice it other than he looks fantastic. He is playing really, really good hockey, and there's no other way to to break it to you. And I, I don't really think that there are people on this team, um, in this fan base rather, who hate Johnny the way that they might have last season. And I, again, I think that that comes from a place of success and, you know, where these teams are at in the standings and how an individual is performing. But Gaudreau, I just, I think that he, even last year, I thought he did pretty well, all things considered. Um, and considering he's coming back from uh, a virus and being sick, you know, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm healthy and barely want to go for a run. So coming up next, I will have an update for you on the Saddle Dome deal that unfortunately expired today. So we will jump right into that. Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to subscribe to Locked on Flames wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So long story short, the Flames will not be playing in a new dome or a new arena come 2024-2025. Uh, the deal expired today and it just didn't, didn't happen. It, it was not working. And, uh, you know, I think that if you're looking for a proper breakdown of this arena deal, uh, this the facts that I got from the uh, from for this segment are from Ryan Pike's article uh, from Flames Nation, uh, which is an SB Nation website. I believe it's SB Nation. It might be fan sided. I'm sorry, uh, but Ryan has done his coverage of Flames hockey is always fantastic. But I think this is just this is a lot for someone to cover and tackle, especially if you're not really familiar. Like if you haven't been following this from when they struck the deal back in like 2018, it's a lot to try to digest and reproduce the information, which is why I'm telling you to go read Ryan's article because I'm just going to be (laughs) sharing, like, like pulling out the parts that I found interesting and important to share uh, so basically, <laughs> the Saddledom needs nearly $50 million in repairs, and that doesn't include the roof. They need to assess the damage inside of the roof, but in order to do that, you have to, like, open the roof <laughs> and, like, remove it to see what's cooking up there, and that bless everyone who works in construction and you know physical labor like that because I cannot imagine having to go tell my boss that oh 
it's another thirty million dollars in damages, boss. You gotta go tell. <laughs> you gotta go tell the owners. <laughs> like no, and uh, oh my god, and it's just a lot of. I don't know. It's an outdated arena and these things happen and I'm selfish because I want to go to the Saddle Dome. I, it just is an amazing looking arena. I think that it's not like a state of the art new, you know, Little Caesars arena by any means, but is that even new? I don't know. That was just like the first thing that came to mind, but I am very sad for the locals that want this new arena which is pretty much everyone because it'll help the local economy and it'll be something it'll be you know <laughs> I, I don't think that people are moving to Calgary for a state-of-the-art arena but it'll draw people there for tourism and things like that but you guys deserve a solid arena that gets put on those, you know, tour promotion lists for artists to choose from. And it deserves to say Calgary, Alberta, whatever arena. And the artist should say, I want to play there. It should be one of those names. And now I'm not saying it's as iconic as Madison Square Garden or, um, you know, the Rose Bowl or anything like that, but... It's just, I think that every arena should be that important. And when I was going through the comments on the video, a lot of the comments were just saying, like, it hurts the local economy. The taxpayers are going to end up footing the bill regardless. Property taxes are going to go through the roof regardless. And it's just... It stings because I want y'all to enjoy your experience. And now I don't know the extent of the damages at, um, I almost said Bridgestone Arena. That's Nashville <laughs> at the Saddle Dome. But, you know, I I'm sure it's not fun going in there and, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's a running joke every time you walk in there and, oh, there's something falling from the ceiling. I don't know. Um, Remember a few years ago? It was during the bubble. It was like right before the bubble. And Rogers, Rogers Center, Rogers Arena, Edmonton's Arena, like the pipe burst. <laughs> and it was like a week before the bubble started. I don't know. I was thinking about that. I hope I didn't have to speak that on to uh, flames by any means. But, you know, I just, <laughs> it is unfortunate when the locals start to feel the pain of not having an up-to-date arena and a, a desirable arena. And to have multiple comments say, you know, people are driving north to go, like events are being scheduled in Edmonton instead. Why would you want to go to Edmonton? Why? But anyways, regardless, it's important for everyone to... Remember that this deal just isn't getting done at the moment. It's not forever. It's probably going to take, uh, you know, this current ownership group to sell a minority stake. I saw somebody say that. And that, and those stakeholders are going to be the ones that 
invest in the new arena. So fingers crossed for now. I think that it'll be an interesting time regardless. Um, it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> and it's an unfortunate way of the business world. And unfortunately, something I am just not too well versed in. So thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode of Lockdown Flames. And coming up tomorrow, I have a squadcast with Armando Velez from Lockdown uh, Florida Panthers. And we are going to preview the game for you on Lockdown Flames. Bye-bye. <laughs>